What up? You're listening to Two Shots, The Line with Nick and Skur. I'm Skur. I'm Nick. And today is November 9th, and we will be talking about uh, the Celtics and Mavs game last week and that crazy buzzer beater by Luca. What would you think about that, Nick? It was insane, man. Over three Celtics. Yeah. And that, that switch in defense is going to kill us one of these days. But what else we got on the agenda today? Uh, well, we're going to be talking about uh, the Sixers and Embiid with his uh, COVID test that came back positive. We're going to be talking about the Ben Simmons and Jalen Brown rumors. And um, then I'm going to mention a little bit about the Knicks game that they uh, played last night against the Sixers. we got a couple other segments for you guys. We're going we're gonna to keep that to the end a little bit, make you guys listen, wait for what we're going to tell you. Yeah. All right, so let's start off with, you know, the Celtics versus Mavs. Uh, you know, a tough loss. Coming off a road, coming off an extended stretch there when we finished 2-2. Two and two. Looked like we were starting to show flashes of the team that we're supposed to be. Yep. Uh, you know, obviously a hard loss. Did you take any moral victories away from a loss like that? Um, yeah, I mean, we contained the Mavs for the most part. I thought we were going to send it to overtime until we had that, um, you know, bad end of game where Marcus Smart decided to foul uh, with 16 seconds left. I think that was really what cost us the game. But, um, I mean, that whole road trip overall, we went 2-2, two and two, which, you know, we lost Jalen Brown during that trip um, against the Heat, and uh, we still held the Magic and the Heat under 80 points. We're the first team to do that. Since uh, 2018-19, I believe it was the Warriors that did that, um, which is crazy because you don't when you hear Warriors you don't think defense. No, exactly. So um, you know we I think we held our own on that road trip. You can't really expect much more than that. Um, we probably could have left that three and one because um, I think if that game would have went to overtime against the Mavs, we would have gotten that W. You should have been three and one in that. Not even just because of the Mavs game, the Bulls game. Yeah, with that lead you had, it was ridiculous. I'm going to be honest. I can't talk about that. I will lose my shit on the podcast. I'm not trying to do that. I've never screamed at a TV during a game, at least a basketball game, that loud before. Yeah, especially a regular season Regular game. season basketball game, too. I mean, it was bad. There's no reason that we should have lost that game. But again, I digress. Got to move off that topic. Yep. Um, but, you know, transitioning back to the Celtics game against the Mavs, you know, that buzzer beater against Luka, it was it was heartbreaking. You know, to shoot over three Celtics defenders like that, uh, it's crazy. I mean, the guy is just talented. That's uh, his second buzzer beater he's hit against us, too, in, like, less than six months, I believe. Um, he did one against us last year, and, um, you know, he did it again. So he's ha- he has our number. Um, apparently he plays better in the green and white than we do. I uh, hate those jerseys, by the way. You I know, to bring that up. You know, the worst thing is he should have been a Celtic. It's true. You know, it's if true. if you know if we didn't trade for Ky- Kyrie Irving, we would have had enough picks to go up and get him that year. Man, he'd look really good in the green and white, and I mean the Celtics green <laughs> and white. Um, but you know, one of the things too, it's killing me with the Celtics lately, is the constant switching on defense. You know, the, so they'll throw a pick and you'll switch. It's it's smart to switch. You know, sometimes you try to fight over the screen, leaves you in a bad position. Mm-hmm. But if you switch on every single pick and roll play, the team's gonna know that's what you're gonna do. I, I mean, that kind of hurt you against Luca. You know, if Marcus Smart fought over the top of that screen, you don't know if he's gonna keep a hand in his face and try to prevent him from even making that shot. Yeah, or prevent him from cutting over to that corner where he shoots really well. Exactly, and Josh Richardson's a great defender. Don't get me wrong, but. You know, in a situation like that, I don't think you need a technique defender. And that, you know, you get the Avery Bradleys, Josh Richardsons. They're they're technique defenders. You know, they're classically great defenders. But you need a guy like Marcus Smart who plays that dirty dog defense, where he's gonna throw a hand in your face. He's gonna try to body you up. He's gonna hit you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? He's and gonna you, make that shot difficult. Exactly, exactly. So I mean, that swap kind of killed us, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I would have to agree. Um, and that put the Mavericks, you know, uh, in a good position in the West. They're currently third. They're seven and three, 
Um, I think they're only behind the Warriors and the Jazz right now, which, I mean, that's crazy. I didn't. I was expecting them to be more of like a 500 team. Um, this was what the record they, they expected last year exactly. with that team they built. Because if you remember, they were, they were a good team two years ago in the bubble, and they were like, we need toughness. Mm-hmm. So they went out, spent uh, James Johnson and all, all these other guys that tried to make them a tougher team, and that backfired bad yep. last year. And um, I think they're going to do well this year. Um, this is the first season where Porzingis has not had to rehab in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So he's coming in healthy, um, which is huge for them. Um, I know there was a couple, like, Plays where he kind of was lost on the floor playing with Luca because you know they haven't had much playing time together. Um, and Porzingis is uh, he did play pretty well. He had 21 points and seven rebounds against us. I still think his rebounds should be um, a little higher than that. But I know he, he like you were saying earlier uh, off the pod he does like to play around the perimeter, so he's really not in a position to grab those boards. Well, I wouldn't say he likes to play on the perimeter. I just think the way Dallas has their offense set up. I mean, when he was in New York, that offense was through him. He yeah. was the guy. And in Dallas, they have it for Luka, and he wants to spread open court so he can drive to the hoop if he wants to. But mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, Luka is 10 times the player than KP is. Yeah, oh, for sure. But, you know, it's He's the of... real unicorn. Yeah, <laughs> That's to say the least. Yeah. Um, you know, talking about Porzingis, though, there's been a lot of times his name's been floated out there in trade rumors saying it's just not working with Dallas and Luka. You know, what, what do you think his future is? Um, so, you know, I could see them moving from him... Um, at the trade deadline, depending on how they are at that point in the season. If they stay like this, I don't think they're going to move him. I don't think there's um, any way they can justify yeah, it if no, they're winning. Yeah, if they're winning, you know, if they're four or five games over 500 by the time the trade deadline comes around, I think they're not going to move him. But if they do have, like, you know, four or five, six-game skid, I think they're going to be looking to move him. Um, his contract is a little more tradable now, mm-hmm. and um, they do have, you know, a few options on as well on the team with some other players that they could also move in a package to get, you know, some more shooting around Luka. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. They took a guy like Tim Hardaway Jr., and he was a throw-in, supposedly, in that KP deal. And he's probably been the highlight in that deal. Uh, Obviously, Porzingis is the name. You know, he's the unicorn, you know. Yeah, exactly. He's the 7'3 guy who can shoot threes, move well with the ball, do all these great things. He hasn't necessarily showed it in Dallas. They all thought he was going to be the second coming of Dirk. But, you know, it's hard for me to really bash him. And I think having a guy like Porzingis is important because if there's a game that Luke is taken out of, there's no reason why necessarily you can't just say, all right, KP, this is your time. I need you to take over. You know, I think a lot of his issue is they're not having to play with his back to the basket. Mm-hmm. You know, if Doncic got hurt or just was ineffective, foul trouble or whatever, and he was off the court, I don't see why you can't play KP like that and at least see if he can channel a little bit of that old unicorn. Yeah, again. exactly. I agree. He's still um, young. There's no reason why he shouldn't be able to do this. No, exactly. Yeah, and um, like I was saying, he, do- he has had a full summer where he hasn't had to rehab, so I think this is going to be his breakout year. Uh, potential all-star maybe? You know what? I, I would like to think so. It, it's going to be hard on that team, though, because he's not getting the focus. Mm-hmm. In my opinion, you don't see a lot of number twos on teams unless it's just a absolutely stacked team make all-star games. You see this, the lead guy get it. I mean, look at the Celtics last year. Yeah, Brown and Tatum both made it, but I think that had to do a little bit with it being the East. Yeah, um, but also there's some players in the West that we thought were going to play well um, that aren't, like Michael Porter Jr., um, Michael Porter Jr., that kid's got a lot of talent, but he kind of, I, I, every time he opens his mouth, it just makes me cringe. 
Yeah, I just he's not playing up to the hype. Um, I feel like he should be a lot better, especially with Jamal Murray out. Um, but since we did get on the subject of the Jalen Brown and the um, Tatum making the All Star game, um, let's talk about Jalen Brown's injury. He's out one to two weeks with that hamstring, that injury that he suffered during the Heat game, I believe. Yep. Um, how do you think that's going to affect the next couple weeks for us? It's going to be interesting. You know. We started playing a really good team basketball, in my opinion, um, after that players-only meeting. Mm-hmm. Um, if you don't haven't heard, there was a big players meeting. A lot of people are refuting that report, saying it was a pre-planned team dinner. The players just got a, a, there before any coaches and staff members right. did. Um, but, you know, they seem to be playing better as a team. Uh, there was a lot more ball movement. And, you know, it, what scared me about that stretch the ball was, Tatum was not playing well. No, he he looked awful, and I truly think the Celtics will go as far as Jason Tatum allows them to. And you know, the fact that you know his numbers with Brown during the stretch it was not good, and the ball movement was great. Don't get me wrong, but you know the ball was sticking in Brown's hands, and this is what drives me nuts. You and I have talked about this before. Mm-hmm. Jalen Brown, in my opinion, gets away with whatever he wants. Meanwhile, everyone crucifies Tatum. Oh, the ball! He doesn't pass the ball. You know, all he does is jack up shots. All he does is jack up shots. And it, it's one of those things where it's like, you watch Brown. There's games where he just jacks up shots. The ball. He gets the ball. He does his little jab step, and then he either j- pops, tries to pop a three, or drives. Yep. It's the same. He has the same two moves, and half the time he's stripped going to the basket. And it's just one of those things. It's like, and I'm not saying he's not a good player. It just can we be a little consistent here? Right. You know, critique both your stars fairly, and also, um, while we're on that subject. Who else is going to shoot on our team? Yeah, you know? Marcus like, Smart. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So like, uh, I mean. I don't. Yeah, I don't want, have an issue with the ball movement, and I don't have an issue with Brown taking shots. It's just more along the lines of it's like, again, you know, we're we're getting all over Tatum, who is historically a slow starter. Yep. He every year he starts slow, and then he picks it up. And I mean, look what he did against Dallas. He dropped over thirty in that game and had a very efficient shooting night. Yeah, he did. And you know what I'm saying? And may, maybe it's looking like he plays better without Brown. And I'm, I hope not, because obviously the more better players you have the better your team's supposed to be, theoretically. Um, But, I mean, this this next one to two weeks is kind of a good gauge on maybe, you know, because there are rumors going around right now about Brown being traded for Simmons. Mm -hmm. Um, We'll see how And that's Ben Simmons. Ben Simmons, yes. Uh, We'll see how we play without Jalen Brown. Mm -hmm. The team's doing better without Brown. That might kind of entice Brad Stevens to maybe pick up the phone call when Daryl Morey calls and says, hey, uh, are you still interested in that Simmons for uh, Brown deal? Yeah. I will say, though, you know, a lot of people have said you, there's no way you can give up Brown for Simmons, no way you can give Brown for Simmons. I do agree it's not a good one-for-one. One. No. But that being said, do you like the fit if they were able to keep Brown and add Ben Simmons? Because to be honest, it, we're a good defensive team. We have a lot of size in that case. I don't know if I necessarily like the fit. Um, I like the fit. I w- it wouldn't make us a championship contender. Definitely not. We'd have to make some other moves to put pieces around them, but we'd be a big team. We'd be a long, athletic, defensive-minded team, especially mm-hmm. when Simmons comes there. I mean, look at the 76ers right now. They were, I think, second in defense last year. They're down to, like, 19th. Um, their offense is through the roof. They're number one and two in basically all the offensive categories this season. Um, well, that's, since that's, Simmons has been off the floor. That I mean, that's because they have a guy named number zero, Tyrese Maxey, who is a walking bucket. Yeah. Um, and, I, as I just watched him put, drop a nice little floater for a two. 
Yeah. Uh, and the Sixers are very short-handed right now. So, I mean, anything they can do to get a couple extra players, too, um, in a trade, they probably would do. Um, the only thing for Simmons, though, it's for, you know, Shams put out a supposed report saying that Daryl Morey requested Jalen Brown, Rob Williams, Marcus Smart, and a protected first-round pick for Ben Simmons and Danny Green. I don't think there's any way in hell that is happening, should be happening. Danny Green, I think, would add a very nice element to this team. Absolutely. But the value that you're giving up does not equate. You're giving up a guy in Brown who can shoot threes, plays good defense. I I would say Simmons is a lot better of a defender than him, in my opinion. I think Brown's defense can be a little bit overrated at times. Um, I see him get blown by a lot. Yeah, um, but you're also exchanging, like, offense for defense exactly so they struggle offensively so that's just it wouldn't be a good fit i mean our defense we'd probably be number one in the league at that point but Mm -hmm. you know we're probably only putting up 90 points a game you're not going to win even if you have good defense when you're only putting up 90 points a game in today's nba well i guess my point too was it like if you add the two of them together it's not like brown is a sharpshooter now and we're gonna play some fantasy basketball here now if you're telling me you could somehow land simmons and then ship brown for beal who, in my opinion, Beal is a lot better of a three-point shooter. I don't, I don't have those stats right now about who's shooting the better percentage. It's also ten games in. It's kind of hard to really take those numbers and think they're the truth. Right. But um, you know, it's one of those things. Um, I, I just personally think it would be a better fit. Um, and I know everyone thinks that you don't need to trade for Beal. Uh, you can get him as a free agent. But guys, you just signed so many players to extensions. And I'm not saying the extensions are per se bad extensions, but you can sign players like that to extensions when there's a trade that you need to make, not to sign free agents. You just clogged up all your money. Yeah, I think we're doing that, though, to have the options available for when we want to trade. Mm-hmm. Um, so this kind of leads me into our next point. Should we trade Marcus Smart? Well, the it, the hard thing about Marcus Smart trading him is because he signed that extension, he's not eligible to trade it for quite a bit of time. I think till January. January 15th, yeah, I believe it like is. That. It's definitely January um, but he he can't be moved for quite a while. So, I mean, that hurts. You know, if you're trying to make a trade now to salvage the season, we're talking another month and a half. Uh, I... Yeah, I mean, if we can keep our head above water for that month and a half, maybe see what's out there for Marcus Smart. Because I know a few teams are going to want Marcus Smart. Mm-hmm. Um, one kind of um, thing I was thinking is we probably should start looking for a pass-first point guard. Because uh, we haven't had one in the entire Brad Stevens era that I can think of. We went from Kyrie, or Isaiah Thomas, to Kyrie, to Kemba. I disagree with you, man. Isaiah Thomas passed. He passed on passing the ball to any of his yeah, teammates. That's you true. just want to take a shot. <laughs> that is very true. But, uh, you know, like, uh, we should probably maybe see what our offense can do, uh, like what Jalen can do where he's not the main focus, and we can get someone to get the ball moving. The only issue with that, and because I agree with you wholeheartedly, I just don't think there's a lot of those guys out there. There really isn't anymore in today's league. Um, but... I mean, there are some options out there. Uh, you got a Ricky Rubio who just balled out for the Cavs. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know if they'd trade Marcus Smart. I don't know what their contracts are looking. I'm just throwing stuff out there. Um, maybe see what the Pacers are doing. Maybe ship out Marcus Smart and someone else, get a Miles Turner and maybe one of their young point guards. Uh, Malcolm sure. Brogdon's the guy I'd want. Yeah, but I don't think they're going to trade him. I mean, if they're bad enough, I think there's a chance of that. I think that personally... I don't really know how I feel about Rubio. I don't know if he offers you much more than Dennis Schroeder's already offering you. Um, I know Rubio is definitely a better passer. Yeah. 
but I mean, he's a little bit older than Schroeder, um, a lot more expensive than Schroeder. I don't, I really don't see a huge difference. I mean, if we're trying to play fantasy land here, I think unfortunately the only guy that really makes this team leaps and bounds better who plays that kind of style of point guard would be Chris Paul. He's not going anywhere. No, definitely not. It just like you, like we were just saying, there's not a lot of pass first point guards out there anymore. They all have been taught just to shoot. Um, I mean, Lamelo Ball is another one, but there's no yeah. way Charlotte's moving on from him. No. I mean, the Pacers have not had a great year. They're four and seven right now. Um, at the time of this recording, and um, you know, I know they had some injuries, but that could be a potential trade target. Maybe we can convince the Pacers. Hey, you guys aren't doing so hot. How about you take a Marcus Smart? He can kind of boost your defense, and we'll take a Ma- Malcolm Brogdon. I don't know. I would kill for Malcolm Brogdon. I mean, he's the kind of guy who he gives you the. He's not. I don't want to say he's quite the defender that Marcus Smart is, but he is a very good defender at the point guard position, and the guy can shoot. 50-40-90 club. I mean, the guy's a good player. He's one of those unheralded. I don't want to call him a superstar, but he's not too too far off. He's a good player. He's like uh, he kind of gives me like not similar in size, but Al Horford vibes. He's just he's gonna show up every night. You know what you're getting. Yeah. He's gonna be consistent. He's yeah. gonna get you buckets. He's gonna get you some rebounds. He's gonna get you some assists. He's not really gonna have too many off nights. Well, we're on that subject. You just brought up a name. Uh, I, I kind of just throwing this out, putting you on the spot. You know, Al Horford, man. Can we talk about that impact? Did you see his dunk the other night? Absolutely. He drove it right to the cup. Can we just talk about how many Woo. the blocks he has? I know he leads the Celtics in blocks right yeah. now. Was he I think three? Just under three. Yeah. Um, he has been... How old is he? 35. Oh, turning back time right now. Uh, yeah. Did he go in the TB12? Uh, he must have gone <laughs> on that TB12 program. He, um, he honestly has not... He doesn't... It's been... Three years, I believe, since he's been on the Celtics. Looks like it hasn't been a single day. Yeah, which is funny because his stops in Philadelphia, he did not play well, um, which is another reason why I don't think we'd ever throw him in a trade package to Philly because that tenure did not go well. That hurts us. Um, yeah, that does. Because then, we could easily make Simmons' money work if yep, we could throw Horford. But exactly. you, you really think that Joel Embiid's like, yeah, I love Al Horford back. Right, um, especially they got Drummond too. Um, I just think Al Horford's game, just it ages well. It ages like a fine wine. He doesn't, he's not out-athleticing out you. He is... Just a smart basketball player, takes good shots when needed, um, doesn't make mistakes very often, and just does the right thing when he's on the floor, and is a good uh, defensive general. Well, can we? It's funny though. Honestly, in a lot of ways, he reminds me in obviously a very watered down version because we're talking about a Hall of Famer. You know, maybe Horford makes the Hall of Fame. He was a pretty good player in his career. He was very productive. He kind of reminds me of a Tim Duncan. Yeah. I don't. I don't know if you like thought that a mini Tim. Well, he's got kind of that fundamental. Let me. Yeah. My game ages well. Like I'm not going to be as electric as as I used to be, but the guy can still pass. His rebounding is still there. Obviously, his shot blocking is still yeah. there, and he can still shoot pretty well. His three point percentage is up there this year too. So I mean, it's one of those things where I don't. I don't, personally, I don't want him to leave the Celtics again. No. I don't want to pay him thirty two million a year or whatever he's making, but. I don't want him to leave. No. We we look like a better team when we have him, for the most part. Um, obviously, this year's been a little bit of slow sledding, but you know, I don't, I don't blame him for that. I mean, if anything, I'm I would be scared to see what our team looked like without him. Yeah, I think he's kind of helped us uh, propel to a couple of those wins that we've gotten. Especially, Absolutely, especially in Miami and in Orlando. Yeah, I mean, he plays. He's like a coach on the court. I mean, that's the, what you always hear about him. And you know, you hear average Al. I mean, if anything, I want to call him average Al because you know he's you know he's always going to put up his average. Yeah, you know, which, which I mean? is not a bad thing. Yeah, I, I would again. I would take Al Horford on the Celtics team as long as he wants to play. As long as I don't have to pay him a max contract. 
you know, if he wants to stick around for five, ten million, it's a little rich for my blood, but I, I would probably do it. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's he's the kind of guy who he just has an inherent ability to make everyone around him better. Yep. And honestly, uh, we could package him in a couple trades. I mean, maybe we can convince uh, Philadelphia to take him back if we really wanted to go that Ben Simmons route. I think you'd have to do a three-teamer um, in that yeah, one. Yeah, um, I was seeing rumors about a three-team trade um, with the Kings. Uh, so the Sixers would get De'Aaron Fox, uh, we would get Simmons, and we would send Marcus Smart, uh, Neesmith, and a couple picks, and uh, maybe Robert Williams to the Kings. What do you think about that? Um, To be honest, I don't know. I don't think it's a good trade for anyone, but actually I don't think it's a good trade for anybody. That's fair. Um, I don't see how De'Aaron Fox necessarily makes the Sixers better only because I don't I, I where he can definitely shoot better than Simmons also not saying much. It's not like he's a lights out three point shooter. If it was like a Jamal Murray on the other hand, I would be like, that's good for the Sixers. I don't I don't see how adding De'Aaron Fox necessarily helps the Sixers out per se that all that much. I mean it gets him a serviceable point guard. They still have Seth Curry, so they'd still be getting buckets. They um, definitely have the shooting, but I think that for a starting point guard, I think they need a little bit more shooting. Um so, like, for instance, if you could probably pry, like, a, Ty- a Tyrese Halliburton mm-hmm. off Sacramento instead, which I don't think there's any way they would move him. But he's a guy who – he's a good shooter. Yeah. He's a good player. He's a good defender, too. They stole him. Yeah, he was a steal of the draft. Um, and then – so while we're on the subject of the Sixers, uh, do you think since Drummond uh, – not Drummond, sorry. Uh, Embiid is out with COVID. They're also missing a few other key players. Obviously Simmons. Um, Simmons, obviously, but um, – Tobias Harris is out, um, Matisse Tybel is out, and Isaiah Joe, all from COVID um, and safety protocols from the NBA. And Bede's out at least 10 days. Do you think they're going to have a little skid right now? Because they are 8-3, and 8-2. and two. Um, This is what, the first game without them? I think they win tonight against, they're playing Milwaukee right now. I think there's a chance they win tonight. They're playing on that, you know, let's pick, let's get a win for the boys night. Um yeah. But besides that, I can see a free fall. Dropping a couple, three, four, five games. Yeah. Miss at least five games. I, mean, I, I just don't. I mean, Maxi is an electric player. Um, that's part of the reason, too. It's like, I don't know if I want to trade for De'Aaron Fox because I, I think I'd rather see what Maxi can do. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think Fox is a better player than Maxi, but I, who knows? Maxi could maybe approximate that at some point. Right. Um, um, Drummond has shown consistently in his career that. As he puts up numbers, but Drummond put up numbers last night against the Knicks: fourteen points, twenty-five rebounds, two blocks. I, I there was a vintage Drummond game. There was an anonymous general manager or an NBA exec that a few years ago said that Andre Drummond has absolutely zero effect on the game that he plays in. He puts up all these gaudy stats, and at the end of the day, they mean absolutely nothing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's tough because I love Drummond. You know. We've talked about this before. I like to think of myself as more of a basketball traditionalist. I miss positions. Yeah. I miss having true centers, power forwards, small forwards, guards. You know, I miss those days. You know, all this position is basketball. Don't get me wrong. It's it's sometimes more fun to watch. But I don't know. I miss the subtle nuances of the game. How many greats did we have of the game that they can't play this positional basketball? But like, if we had positional basketball, they never would have been greats. Kevin Garnett. I, I mean, he's one of the best power forwards of all time. I don't think he has the same impact as center. Kevin Garnett would get destroyed having to go up against Shaq every night. Um, any of these bigger centers, he would have gotten destroyed. And I think that's an issue. And 
Sometimes I hope that basketball kind of brings that back somehow. I don't know if it ever will happen, but I don't want to go too far in this point. Yeah, I mean, the league does change, you know, every five to ten years. You can thank the Warriors for that change in the positionless basketball. I mean, uh, while we're on the subject, Steph Curry dropped 50 last night, and um, that was just insane. That's his 10th 50-point game of his career. I'm actually shocked Um, it's only his 10th. (laughs) uh, Yeah, same. I think, Steve, it's because they were winning so much that they would just pull him out in the fourth quarter. So um, they blew it. Was it the Charlotte Hornets they played last night? No, the Hawks. The Hawks, yeah, sorry. Uh, The Hawks they played. um, Yeah, I don't even know where Trey Young was during that game, but – Curry, Chef Curry just cooked. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter where Trey Young was. You know, it, they're not going to have him defend Curry. No, well, more along the lines of you know, Baby Curry was not going near Papa Curry. There's no way he's guarding Steph. There's, no, I don't even care. With you drop a fifty burger, I don't give a shit what you do. Uh, you know, Trey Young could have dropped thirty five, had a great game. Yeah. I don't give a shit. They still lost by thirty, and Steph Curry wasn't just like taking wide open shots. He was taking people off the dribble, driving it. Uh, coming off screens, he was doing whatever he wanted last night against Atlanta's defense. He was just cutting them up. Crazy that we're talking about him, him being the same guy where, you know, coming out of Davidson, people didn't want to touch him with a 10-foot pole. Yeah. When Golden State took him, they're like, ah, you know, Golden State, uh, it might be a risky trade. And I remember at one point, uh, they almost shipped him to Milwaukee for Andrew Bogut. Yeah, because uh, Monte Ellis didn't want him there anymore. Yeah. Yep, uh, I'm glad they didn't. Um, I mean, I don't think it would have changed. I think he still would have been a great shooter. Um, might have motivated him a little more. I mean, we would have been talking about Milwaukee as the next powerhouse because if they still got Giannis, yeah. Giannis and Curry, it doesn't matter what you're throwing out against that. Nope. You, you have the size and the lethal shooting, you're screwed. Yeah, it's like the Shaq and Kobe almost, but of today's era. It's the Shaq and Kobe, except you have a guy who is probably only a few inches shorter than Shaq, hell of a lot more athletic in a lot of ways. And then you have Curry, who is a extremely precise knockdown three-point shooter. I love Kobe. Obviously, he's one of the greatest scorers, players of all time, yeah. but I don't think he held a candle on the shooting ability of Curry. Yeah, uh, I mean, when you're talking three-pointers, uh, definitely not. Mid-range, I might give Kobe that, but... That's even hard to tell because the mid-range is so dead Yeah, now. exactly. It's, Maybe it's I shouldn't like, use the word dead too soon. Ooh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Kobe. Um, um, but, you know, back to what you were saying about the Sixers, man... I, I don't really think they're going to do too much with those guys being out. That's half of their offense. You know, I'm not a big Tobias Harris fan, but he's still one of their best players, arguably their second best player in that mm-hmm. team. And obviously Embiid is their best player and probably best center in basketball. Uh, don't forget about the MVP, Jokic. I'm not it's and that's why I kind of said it the way I guess it's kind of what you want. You know, Jokic is filthy, don't get me wrong, but... I love Jokic. It's, to me, he's one of those guys who affects the game in a lot of different ways. You know, he puts up points, but he's also grabbing boards and having dimes, where Embiid, I think, will consistently put up more points than Jokic does. It, but the boards are going to be about the same, but the passing is, isn't there for Simmons. And not, not Simmons, I'm sorry, Embiid. I'm not saying Embiid can't pass, but Jokic makes it look easy. Yeah, Jokic just, um, he had this crazy pass, uh, I think it was last night or the night before. He was on the corner of the three-point line, and he just beamed it over to the other corner, like one-handed, no problem, wide open shot because everyone was looking at him. Um, and then while we're on the subject of Jokic, uh, did you see that cheap shot he took on uh, Markeith Morris last night? Uh, the one he took or the one he gave? Uh, so I guess the one he gave. So the one he, I, I'm not going to lie, I've had just about enough of the Morris brothers. Um, 
I really liked them at one point. I liked Morris when he was on the Celtics, for sure. That's funny. I remember we got him. I was pissed. I liked his brother better. Yeah. And it's funny. Ever since he left the Celtics, uh, what is that? Marcus Morris? Yeah. Mar- Marcus Morris has been better than Markeith. Um, I mean, I'm, he got paid by the Clippers, paid by the Knicks, I believe it was. Mm-hmm. Um, where Markeith has kind of turned into one of those end-of-the-bench rotational players. Yeah. I, I just, I've had enough of the Morris brothers. They're mm-hmm. always in the middle of shit. Just stop. Yeah, they're known as... Uh, like bruisers in the league, they're those guys that are just gonna, you know, defend, come out, get a couple fouls, um, maybe hit a couple threes. Uh, kind of gives me like Ron Artest vibes. They give me bad boy piston vibes, yeah. not in a good way. Yeah, no, um, I don't think they're as skilled, but you know. But you know what I'm saying? Like they're gonna take the cheap, dirty shot, and then when you retaliate against them, they're gonna be all appalled that you even came near them. Exactly. Um, you know, and to transition quickly here. You know, there's something I know you've been passionate about and you really wanted, wanted to talk about. Let's talk about some of the rookies. I like it. Um, so I'll start off with um, Scotty Barnes, since the Celtics' uh, first game back after their road trip is going to be against the Toronto Raptors. Um, he's averaging about 35 mi- uh, minutes a game, 16.6 points, 8.7 rebounds. His three-point percentage is pretty bad, um, but he is showing good signs as a rookie. Could be a potential rookie of the year. Um, my other two picks for Rookie of the Year is uh, Chris Duarte. I'm not sure exactly how do you say it, but he's an old rookie. Um, he's 24, which isn't really, like, very old, but, I mean, for a rookie, uh, that is super old. And um, But uh, I'll give you his averages here, Nick. Um, so he's averaging 40% from three, double-digit scoring in every single game that he's played, averaging 17.7 points, 4.7 rebound, rebounds, and 2.4 assists per game, which is great for the Pacers. Um, Absolutely. I mean, and they got a guy on there that was an old rookie himself, and Malcolm Brogdon. Yep. Remember when he got drafted, it was I. He's at his ceiling. He's not going to give you much more. Yep. But, I mean, both of them, I think they're both um, serviceable guards. Um, and, you know, I think that's that's a bright future for the Pacers if they keep that core of Brogdon and uh, Duarte. Duarte. And then Jalen Green, he's also one of the rookie of the year favorites. Houston, right? Yep. Number two pick overall, 6'4". Um, I love what I've seen out of him so far. I know they've only won one game, but that dude has hops. He can shoot the three ball. He runs the court, makes some good passes. Did you see that dunk the other night where his head like, I didn't see it, no. I, I know coming out, a lot of the talk was either him or Cade Cunningham for the number one. Yep. Yeah, He. Um, but I think he has a chip on his shoulder where he went number two. He said that you know a lot of the best players um, never went number one, like Michael Jordan. It's not wrong. Um, so um, I think the ceiling is very high for him in Houston has a lot to look forward with uh, that guy as well. So I that's pretty much, you know, the few rookies that I want to talk about. Um, and I want to get back to the rookies. You just made a comment, and, you know, I'm, that's a quick segue. Everyone always wants to shit on Greg Oden. Greg Oden was a very good center. I know he didn't play long because of injuries, but can we stop dragging his name through the mud? Yeah. You know why he's out of the league? Because the Trailblazers tried to fix a good thing. They looked at it and said, wow, Greg, you walk a little funny. We noticed that one leg is shorter than the other. Let's put something in your shoe to make that better. Do you ever stop and think about it in the sense that he's been dealing with this probably his whole life, obviously, and you know maybe throwing something in there is going to screw everything up? Right. Oh, wow, what a shocker. It did. <laughs> you know, I mean, We're talking about a guy who would have been one of the top centers in the NBA. Oh, for sure. The guy was, he could score, block shots, rebound. He, he was big. a monster. He was a big dude. Uh, I don't know who I could compare him to, to be honest, but the guy was a hell of a player. It just, he got hurt, and he a could boogie? not. I don't, I don't think he'd ever develop the three-point shooting. 
I don't want to call him, I maybe maybe like a baby Shackus kind of thing, you know, like that's that's Glenn Davis. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like uh he you know, he's the big body, he he was not as athletic as Prime Shaq was and not no, nearly as dominant. Not. But, you know, he had flashes of dominance. He was like a Tim Duncan-Shaq hybrid. Yeah, like I said, I don't think he had the shooting, but I think he he was definitely mobile. Mm-hmm. Um, he could move a little bit. He was a, a for, enforcer down low. It, it, it's unfortunate his career ended the way it did. Um, but let's go back to the rookies. Um, Scotty Barnes, I'm going to have to agree with you. I, re- I like the kid. You know, he's shown some serious flashes. I haven't seen enough of Jalen Green. I can't stand his hair. But, you know, I've, yeah, I've seen um, enough of them. I'm looking forward to seeing Scotty Barnes uh, against the Celtics tomorrow night. Um, it's crazy. The Raptors just keep producing talent. They got OG Ananobi, Pascal Siakam. OG took Fred a while, Van though. Vliet. Yeah, but, I mean, they're all developing really well, especially yeah. for Nick Nurse. He's a hell of a coach. Yeah, he came um, out of nowhere, yeah, too. I like what he's doing. Like, I like what Toronto's doing. Masai Ujiri's been making phenomenal draft picks. Um, you know, you can't really make fun of the Raptors organization. They're doing really well, and this is their first year back at home since COVID where they were playing in Tampa Bay. And, uh, you know, I think they're going to do all right this season. I think they might be top eight in the East, probably. No, I, I'm a big Raptors fan. Um, I grew up as a massive Vince Carter fan. I would love if the Raptors became a legitimate NBA franchise in a way in the sense that, like, you know, they're putting up good seasons, they're respectable, Um I mean, they have been for the past decade, and uh, Vince Carter is the biggest snub from the uh, NBA's 75th anniversary. I'm not going to lie, I didn't look at the list. Yeah, um, him, Dwight Howard, I would say. The issue with Dwight is Dwight fell off fast, in my opinion. When he was on Orlando, he was dominant. Mm-hmm. Um, and as soon as he went to the Lakers, his career, he did okay in Houston. He did So he was okay in the Lakers. He had a little bit of a resurgence with Houston, but I don't think that was nearly long enough. They didn't win anything. And obviously, he wasn't the same force that he was in Orlando. No. But then again, playing like that, that you're going to have a short shelf life for that. Yeah. Um, do. You know, and for rookies, you know, one of the guys who I was fascinated by in the draft was Evan Mobley. Yeah. Uh, big guy out of Cleveland now. Yeah. Um, I just, he, he's one of the best rookies in the year right now. My issue with him is I don't like the fit. You know, you're looking at that Cleveland team, you have... Kevin Love's still there. I know they're trying to move on for him, but you still have him. You just re-signed Jared Allen. Who yeah. I, I'm a big Jared Allen fan. I love the throw. Um, he's kind of a throwback to old school centers, but he makes it work. Yeah, well, they're going for like a Twin Towers type deal over there. Yeah, I just, you know, and that's why Cleveland will never win another championship until LeBron James decides he wants to go back there when he's 45 years old. <laughs> um, but Cleveland, this is for you. Yeah, I mean... We'll see what he can do. Yeah, Mobley's been good though, um, and honestly, the Cleveland Cavaliers. What are they? Four. And I haven't seven? seen their. I haven't um, seen their record. I just don't think they're seven ever going to. Four. I don't know. They have a pretty good record right now. They're you for know, them, I guess. Yeah, for them. Uh, they're um, Colin Sexton's though. Well, but, I know Colin Sexton's got a lot of ire from Cleveland Cavs fans, but yeah, they um, they started off the season hot last year too. Um, through the first twenty games, I think they were around five hundred, and then they literally won fifteen more games after that. So this could just be a flash in the uh, pan, but. I mean, they are kind of developing their young talent. Jared Allen's a great player. Um, I wouldn't mind if the Celtics had him, but... I wish we got into that trade somehow. Yeah. That would have been nice. Don't get me wrong. I like Time Lord. I think he's had a very effective year, but I'm not going to lie. I wouldn't have hated seeing Allen here. So. I think Allen wouldn't be injured as much, which... No, not nearly as much, yeah. And he plays more... I don't want to say he plays more of a physical game, but he's more of a throwback center. Mm-hmm. Rob Williams is this weird hybrid. He's a big guy, kind of, in the sense... He's not very tall, but he's built pretty well. Yeah. But he moves very well. 
Um, but you put like an Embiid on him who's got four or five inches. And probably like 30, yeah. 40 pounds. Yeah, Embiid's got the gut. Rob Williams yeah. is toned. Yeah. So, I mean. He's a skinny rookie. Um, was there anything else you wanted to touch on before? Uh, at this point, man, no, I think we're pretty good. You know, so thanks everybody for joining us this week. Um, we're gonna have another episode for you hopefully next week. And for in the meantime, if you want some more content from us, feel free to check out our Instagram page, Two Shots at the Line. Again, our Instagram page, Two Shots at the Line. We're gonna try getting some out content on there almost daily. And our new episode should be out sometime next week. Thanks again, guys. Thanks, guys. And look for us on iTunes as well. I'm gonna try to upload up there this week. Peace. Peace.